Hey guys, welcome to Dojo Discussions. And today I want to talk about the frequently made assertion that Christianity is just a copy of older pagan religions. Jesus is just another of the dying and rising again gods like Mithra, Horus, Dionysus, etc. that Christians or someone in that time period cobbled together and passed off as a new religion. When in fact, Jesus as a teacher just taught love, peace, and um, helping your fellow man and was simply misunderstood or something like that. <clears throat> These claims come and go a lot. And so I want us to look at some facts or actually listen to some facts since this is podcast. But you'll hear this claim a lot. I mean, you've probably heard it, especially if you've watched Bill Maher's documentary, Religious, that came out a few years ago, or the internet film that circulated prior to that called Zeitgeist. You can go to YouTube, type in either of those, and you'll pull up a, a whole number of links or charges that uh, say the same thing. Christianity is just borrowed from older pagan myths. And then they'll cite a number of parallels that seem pretty um, indisputable. Usually people will just, they'll just assert it as if it's a non-historical fact, confidently list the things Christianity copied from the various mystery religions that predate Christianity, such as like the cult of Mithras or Osiris or Horus or Addis, Adonis. <clears throat> For instance, let's take Mithraism. So Mithraism taught that, allegedly, Mithra was born of a virgin, born in a cave on December 25th, was considered a great traveling teacher, had 12 disciples, promised his followers immortality, sacrificed himself for world peace, was buried in a tomb, rose again three days later, and instituted a Eucharist or fellowship meal. Now that sounds pretty familiar, right? Or how about these parallels between the Greek god of wine, Dionysius, and Jesus? You'll hear it claimed that Dionysius was a traveling teacher who performed miracles he was born of a virgin on December 25th, and as the holy child was placed in a manger, that he rode in triumphal procession on a donkey, which carries him to meet his passion with crowds waving bundles of branches. Or he was sacrificed, scratch that, edit. Or he was a sacred king, killed and eaten in a Eucharistic meal for fecundity and purification. Dionysius rose from the dead on March 25th. He was the god of the vine and turned water into wine at the marriage of Dionysius and Adriani. He was called the king of kings and god of gods. He was considered to be the, quote, only begotten son, savior, redeemer, sin bearer, anointed one, and the alpha and omega. He was identified with the lamb. He was hung on a tree or crucified. Dionysius becomes the wine, and he himself is poured out as an offering. So these are some of the claims you find online about Dionysius and how Jesus was simply a copy of him. Or Addis. Let's take Addis. Supposedly, Addis was born on December 25th of the virgin Nana. He was considered the Savior who was slain for the salvation of mankind. His body was bred and was eaten by his worshipers. His priests were, quote, eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven. He was both the divine son and the father. On Black Friday, he was crucified on a tree from which his holy blood ran down to redeem the earth. He descended into the underworld. After three days, Addis was resurrected on March 25th 
as the most high God. He was pictured as being hung from a tree, the picture of a lamb at his feet, and later his empty grave was found. And similar claims have been made for the Egyptian mystery cults of Osiris and Horus as well, but uh, again, Google any of that and you'll find it in plenty of places online. So what do we do with this? Is the Jesus myth merely a Judaized version of older pagan cults that just happened to win out while the rest of them faded into obscurity? No, really, it's not. The main reason, the main reason it's not, is that most of these, quote, similarities all post-date Christianity by over a century. In other words, if there was any borrowing of a motif of a dying and rising God-man, it usually went in the opposite direction than is normally claimed by those indicting Christianity with plagiarism. In his book, The Case for the Real Jesus, Lee Strobel interviewed Mike Lycona and Edwin Yamauchi. Yamauchi is one of the most proficient scholars of the ancient mystery religions of the Greco-Roman world and the ancient Near East. And Lycona is a historian of the New Testament. And they, along with numerous other antiquity scholars, some Christian, some not, attest that while these parallels were in vogue between the 1890s and 1940s among some scholars, They've long since been decredited, discredited in the scholarly guild. Uh, here's an example of a Scandinavian scholar's comment on it. This is T.N.D. Medinger. He teaches at Lund University as a member of the Royal Academy of Letters, History, and Antiquities in Stockholm. He says, There is, as far as I'm aware, no prima facie evidence that the death and resurrection of Jesus is a mythological construct, drawing on the myths and rites of the dying and rising gods of the surrounding world. Now, that's fairly important that someone who knows what they're talking about has uh, expertise in the original sources, in the original languages, in the original documents, and is not really associated with any particular Christian church or movement would make that claim. But the reason that these comparisons continue to circulate online among the skeptic community is since almost no one ever bothers or either lacks the linguistic or cultural proficiency required to go back to the original primary sources and investigate these claims, they simply get passed along as if they're actually true. You know, it sounds good and it sounds smart. It sounds like you know something that your parents or your friends that go to church or whoever it is you want to uh, one-up in debate, you know, it sounds great to be able to throw these facts out like Bill Maher does in the documentary and seemingly shut down these ignorant fundamentalists who have never picked up a book in their life, apparently, except the Bible. Well, the problem with this is none of these parallels are actually true. None of these mythical figures actually have the similarities claimed above. When you look at the actual texts, which are supposedly the source of all this information, you start to see really quickly, as Lycona and Yamuchi point out in detail in Strobel's book, that the similarities aren't so similar after all. For instance, according to the actual Egyptian texts, Osiris was killed by his brother Set, put in a coffin, and sunk to the bottom of the Nile, but he's revived by the goddess Isis. However, he's later killed and chopped into 14 pieces and scattered around the world. Isis then goes and finds the 13 of the parts to give him a proper burial, but Osiris doesn't come back to life. Rather, he's given the status of God of the underworld. Does that even remotely resemble the idea of Jesus' bodily resurrection? No. But who's going to take the time to investigate these claims? Or what about Dionysius' alleged virgin birth? 
Well, actually, it was taught that Zeus, disguised as a human, fell in love with Simile and impregnated her. Hera, Zeus's wife, arranged to have Simile burned. Zeus rescued the unborn Dionysius and sewed him into his thigh until he was ready to be born. That's not exactly the depiction we see in Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown, is it? Albert Schweitzer is noted as saying that popular writers made the mistake of taking various fragments of information and manufacturing a kind of universal mystery religion which never actually existed, at least in Paul's day. Let's look at Mithras as an example. When asked about the supposed parallels between Mithras and Jesus, Yamauchi, and remember, he is a member of the Second Mithraic Conference, which was held in Iran, in Tehran, in 1975. It's a gathering of Mithraic scholars from all over the world. So this is like the people who are experts on Mithra and the cult of Mithraism. He clarifies these facts about Mithras. Let's take them one by one. I'll give you Yamauchi's answer to each question. Born of a virgin? No. Actually, Mithras is said to have emerged fully grown from a rock, naked, except for a Phrygian cap and holding a dagger and a torch. Born in a cave? No. See the above. Later, Mithraic sanctuaries were made to look like caves, but it should be noted that the New Testament doesn't even teach that Jesus was born in a cave. There's no parallel here. Born on December 25th? Well, that's not a parallel because Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. The earliest Christians celebrated his birth on January 6th. The later tradition of December 25th has to do with the winter solstice being chosen as the day to celebrate Christmas due to a tradition surrounding the likely time of his conception. Was Mithras considered a great traveling teacher with 12 disciples? No. He was not known to be a teacher with disciples. He was a god. Did he promise his followers immortality? Uh, that's the hope of almost every religion. Did he sacrifice himself for world peace? No, he didn't sacrifice himself. He killed a bull in battle. Was he buried in a tomb and rose again three days later? There are no known references to Mithra's death in any sources. Thus, there are also no references to any resurrection three days later from a tomb either. Did he institute a Eucharist meal? Mithraism celebrated a common meal, but this is found in the second century, long after Jesus celebrated Passover with his disciples. And similar things can be seen when the other myths are looked at in regard to the other figures in each of them. The point's simply this. All these supposed similarities are actually huge generalizations, date more than a century after Jesus, or simply bogus claims that haven't been checked for accuracy. Yamauchi gives advice on how to not be deceived by all the stuff online that you read regarding these similarities. He says, quote, These writers, meaning the popular conspiracy theorists that promote this, these writers don't have the languages. They don't study the original sources, they don't pay attention to the dates, and they frequently quote ideas that were popular in the 19th and 20th centuries, but have already been refuted. Reputable and careful scholars like Karsten Kolpe of Germany, Gunther Wagner of Switzerland, and Bruce Metzger of the United States have pointed out that, number one, the evidence for these supposed parallels is often very late, and number two, there are too many generalizations being made. So be careful of articles on the web. Even though the internet is a quick and convenient source of information, it also perpetuates outdated and disproved theories. And also, check the credentials of the authors. Do they have the training and depth of knowledge to write authoritatively on these issues? And be sure to check the dates of the sources that are quoted. Are they relying on anachronistic claims or discredited scholars? And finally, be aware of the biases of many modern authors who clearly have an axe to grind. Now, 
I definitely recommend read the whole interview in Strobel's book with Yamauchi. At the, again, the book is um, The Case for the Historical Jesus. And Yamauchi has written extensively on this issue. Um, his book, Persia and the Bible, would be a good place to start. There are some authors out there to be aware of. They still appeal to these discredited supposed parallels, and therefore they're worth knowing in case you see them referenced by someone in discussions or recommended by skeptic friends. Some of these books would be The Jesus Mysteries or The Laughing Jesus, The Pagan Christ, Those Incredible Christians, Hellenistic Ways of Deliverance and the Making of the Christian Synthesis, or Secret Origins of the Bible. But in reality... Christian scholars aren't the only ones who've started taking to task those who perpetuate these urban legends. Even on Reddit, um, a number of atheists have basically pointed to all of these facts, shown which ones were illegitimate, which ones were generalizations, and then asked the question, Atheist, why you no check facts? Signed, sincerely, a fellow atheist. So the point being, you don't have to be a Christian or a conservative or an evangelical or a Catholic to realize that these claims are all bogus. If you just look at the historical sources, that's the key. Whether it's a biblical topic that's being discussed, whether it's um, a historical topic that's being discussed, archaeological topic, anthropological, whatever it is, go back to the sources. Go back to the firsthand accounts. Question, put just as much skepticism towards these so-called conspiracy theorists as you do towards whatever it is they're trying to debunk. In other words, be consistently skeptical. And if you do that, you're going to weed through a lot of the nonsense that's out there online circulating, especially this time of year as we get close to Easter. So that's your Disciple Dojo discussion for today, and I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know what you think.